92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Hi, everyone. It's Michael Nesmith on the Pantheon Podcast. Pantheon Podcasts presents from Hollywood, California, The Devil's Music with Pleasant Gaiman. You are invited to join the Hollywood princess as she explores her lifelong pursuits in the occult, sex, love, and that sinful rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, step into the dark parlor of Pleasant Gaiman as she brings you the devil's music. Hi, I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and welcome to The Devil's Music, a Pantheon podcast. As the devil himself apparently once said via the Rolling Stones, please allow me to introduce myself. I'm a rock and roll witch from Hollywood, California. My obsession with music and the occult started at the age of 12 and is still going strong. During the 70s, I was one of the first punks in Los Angeles. I worked at the Whiskey A Go-Go and had a Xerox fanzine called Lobotomy, which led me to writing a rock and roll gossip column in the LA Weekly, which in turn led me to writing for every major rock publication you could think of. In the 80s through the 90s, I fronted three bands. I'm a best-selling author with eight books out and more on the way. For the past 30 years, I've been a professional dancer who's toured around the globe teaching and performing, and you've probably seen me dancing in a number of music videos, feature films, and documentaries. I'm also an actor with several film credits. Find out more about me at PleasantGaiman.com. I'm really excited to be a part of the Pantheon Podcast Network of rock and roll shows. Everyone at Pantheon tells spectacular stories about the music we love so much, each one with a different twist. Find them all at PantheonPodcast.com, as well as on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Radio.com, Pandora, hell, I just had to say that, anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you like what we're doing here, Head on over to PantheonPodcast.com and share a show with a friend, or I'll put a spell on you. Kidding. Sadness. 
Hi, I'm Pleasant Gaiman, and you're listening to The Devil's Music. Today's guest is a force of nature, comedian, actor, author, activist, singer, dancer, podcast hostess. She's brilliant, creative, kind, eccentric, and of course, one of the most hilarious people I've ever met and had the pleasure of working with. A damned alchemist. Everything she touches turns to gold. Please welcome Margaret Cho. And welcome to The Devil's Music. Today, my esteemed guest, and when I say esteemed, I mean steamy, is Margaret (laughs) Cho, a really old friend of mine and probably needs no introduction. She's an incredibly famous comedian and actor and just an all-around amazing person. Hi, Margaret. Hi. Um... I wanted to wear um, my Cramps t-shirt because did you know that the, the, Cramps, the, the Cramps logo is the sigil of this house? Really? <laughs> because um, the Cramps, the reason why I live in this house, I'm not sure if you knew this, but the reason I live here is because Lydia Lunch forced me to buy this house because at the time, Lux and Ivy lived around the corner. And um, this was when Lux was alive. And so she forced me to buy this house because she said, like, with the the intention that we were all going to hang out. Of course, we never ended up doing it. And she never really did tell me where they lived. But uh, and then when I was listening to you on Muses, uh, you were talking about uh, your date with Brian Gregory. And I never knew all of these connections that we all had with all of these different people. So it's so funny because it's like, oh, like we actually like walked on so many paths before we even met each other. That's insane. I can't believe it. it's the sigil of your house. That's yes, so the Cramps logo is the sigil of my house, which kind of makes sense. No, it totally makes sense because, okay, so um, we'll talk about how we met in a minute, but um, I have to say that the first time I went to your house, I was blown away. It's like total 1920s glamour and there's stained glass windows and beautiful artifacts. I was immediately struck by the antique mortician's table in the living room. And then when I asked you where, where the restroom was, you know, where the, where's the powder room? And you said, it's right in there. And I sat down to pee and there was, I looked a little bit to my left and there was like a giant, like, five foot tall paper mache fetus in the shower. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, (laughs) that baby uh, is not here anymore. Um, That baby uh, was made out of pantyhose and it was part of a Halloween um, 
because uh, that was my uh, husband at the time, who's a great artist. He still is. Um, he uh, was uh, he he was curating haunted houses, and so he had made a, a giant uh, fetus for um, the well, haunted house. The one of them was a, a baby that was um, made out of pantyhose. He used a lot of pantyhose in a lot of his art, and so that that baby was. It was, it, but we never used that shower. But now the shower is actually usable, and the baby's gone, unfortunately. <laughs> the baby's gone. The baby is gone. I know. I remember the ambulance parked outside your house too. I know the ambulance is gone too. I think the ambulance is uh, probably. Um, actually, I think the ambulance is also gone too. I think he's also retired all of those art projects. You know, we've all kind of. Um, moved on a lot of the the space for art in the um early 2000s 90s and early 2000s all of that has like kind of vanished it's it's very different now yeah i agree um yeah. so what do you remember like what year we met was it like in the 90s i feel like we must have met it must have been in the uh I've been reading about you and known about you and your, I mean, I've known about your physical image for probably since I think the seventies. Like, I think I've been seeing your photographs and seeing your uh, physical image at least un un since 1978 or 79, you know, seeing you, cause you look familiar to me from like that, from seeing, you with the go-go seeing you at like photos of you in just Graceland, seeing the um you as a punk rocker and how to be a punk rocker like looking at sort of the instructive like icon icon iconography of you um through all of that i think since the 80s 70s 80s and then through the 90s so then i don't know if we've actually physically met until the the late 90s or the early 2000s doing class at um your belly dance class oh, yeah when you dance. when you emailed me the first time about that i mm -hmm. I, I didn't I, I was like i looked at the email and it said margaret cho and i was like this can't be margaret cho and then and then you were talking about al your husband in the email so i knew it was really you <laughs> i thought it was like a scam at first oh. but um, yeah margaret um do you remember when we, um, do you remember when you asked me to, to, um, well, first of all, when you were in my dance classes, that was amazing because nobody in the classes knew who you were. They thought you were just like some quiet Asian girl in the back, mm -hmm. you know, that had a really good shimmy going on, for like <laughs> belly dance classes. And then remember you brought me, uh, um, a flyer, a, like a hard copy flyer, something else that doesn't go on anymore. Um, yeah. of when you were playing at the at the Wiltern and you um, asked if or no you first you asked if I wanted to open for you at the Wiltern and I was horrified because <laughs> I didn't think yes. that, that would work. Yes but it was so great because it was a different way to kind of open a comedy show and you were wonderful and then it was this thing of like let's take dance onto the stage and then we started doing these um, dance sort of shows uh, where it was fusing dance with uh, comedy and then doing these like burlesque shows and then Katrina happened. And then we, st oh, sorry, and we started doing these um, 
things that were like dance burlesque shows that were uh, kind of benefits for Habitat for Humanity. And yeah. uh, it was the sensuous woman that, that were happening at first at El Cid. Yeah. So we were doing like these, and every time we would donate <laughs> the money and it uh, was going to Habitat for Humanity for some, and then we would sort of different, it was different charities, I remember. Um, one time we gave the money to um, Asia Carrera, that porn star. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was just going to mention that, yeah. So, because she, uh, her husband had uh, died in a motorcycle accident. So it was kind of like Oprah's Angel Network, but it was like we were giving it to different, like, um, different people who maybe wouldn't have benefited necessarily from an angel network, you know, it was for people like, <laughs> yeah. like porn stars and, you know, different, um, different people like that sort of like were in between, um, whether it was, um, kind of like charity or whether it was people we thought deserved the money in, in different areas. I thought it was really cool. Yeah. I love that. But Those were great. They were great days. It was a different time, but it was like, we had, um, you were there. It was Selene. Um, we had interesting performers. Yeah, it was always like, it was like the best variety show ever. It was, um, we had uh, that guy who, who threw the axes. We had a knife thrower. Oh, yeah, the knife thrower, Jack. What was his, what was his last name? Was it Jack Danger? Yeah, it was Jack. It was, it was Jack danger I think he was yeah that it was a knife thrower and then he had um his girlfriend was like the the knife target and then we also yeah. had I was working with Brian Chick in the whip act yeah that was so good and lipstick and lashes where I was, that, that um, was so good <laughs> I know that I invented that name we were trying to figure out what we were going to call it and at first I said miracle whip and then I oh. thought it sounded too religious <laughs> That's very, it is very religious. And that also would be good. trailer trash. <laughs> that would be good though, like if you, if you were like, it was sort of, you know, that would be good to do kind of um, uh, a kind of a, a holy flagellation. Oh yeah, you know? that would be a great act for now too. You know, like if it was something like a, um, if you were like a nun getting your habit like whipped off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we never did that. Oh my god. That would be a good one because then that would be really like um like a Fulci movie or like kind of like a like a giallo, like a giallo, like an Italian giallo movie. Like um yeah. you know, sort of like nuns in a convent, like a lesbian convent kinda like I would love to be like a mother superior, like whipping off a convent like a like a convent full of like you know, recent uh, <laughs> like, uh, like novices, novice novitiates, like very like young nuns. That would be really fun. I know. Oh That'd my god! Really like just, uh, I could get into that habit. <laughs> I know it's like a bad, it's a hard habit to break. I love it. <laughs> That's a really good one. And um, instead you know. of being a top, instead of being a top, you could be a superior. <laughs> Yes, Mother Superior. It's very good. I love that. I love that idea. But it's like very, you know, also like the Leslie Gore, um, you know, kind of very. Uh, but yeah, that that's a, that's a good thing. But then it was like a burlesque show. Then we went to New York and we did it with, um, it was a sensuous woman. So it was the early part of um, YouTube. So 
we had like the very first YouTube star, which I think is Liam Sullivan. Yeah, every, I know, you know, you know, it's so crazy about that. He, he was, as Kelly, he was so ubiquitous mm -hmm. with shoes. And um, yeah. people were like, people, including my sister, were saying, oh, my God, have you seen this, this guy doing shoes? And I was like, he's in the show I keep telling you to come to. <laughs> so good. It's so good. It's so like, um, shoes. <laughs> he was so sweet. He was so, uh, it was so hard for him because um, he he was like leaving home for such a long time, you know, and he's not somebody that was like used to touring and used, you know, cause we were all such like, uh, you know, on the road all the time and used to being like living out of suitcases. And he was never one to do that, you know, to like be uprooted and, and leaving um, his house forever. And so, you know, for him to leave home for two months and kind of be living kind of the way that we were living we were all sort of on the floor on somebody's couch and kind of that way it was hard but he loved it it was such a sweet I don't know it was a sweet thing for him remember he cried he cried on the last night yeah I know all of the, all of that was so fun when we were living in New York that was like it was like um backstage at a chorus line run amok or something it was <laughs> it was really beautiful but we yeah. had a good time. And then we ate a lot of uh, hot dogs. Or I did. You didn't. That was great. It was gross. No, I didn't eat it. But, um, like, yeah, that we were at the Zipper Theater. That theater was totally haunted. Mm -hmm. um, do, okay, so speaking of haunted, do you, do you remember when we were doing the Sensuous Woman at the, um, the Gay and Lesbian Center Theater in L.A.? And... Uh, Actually, you might not remember this. I don't know if you remember this because it was you were on stage doing a, a lighting check, and um, you asked Ian Harvey and I to go in the audience to like check your lighting, and mm -hmm. so we were taking photos of you on stage and you know yelling like do this or do that, you know, so we could see what the stage looked like. And then after the lighting check was done, um, <clears throat> Ian and I were looking at the photos and. Uh, there was all these like dots on one of it. And I said, that looks like orbs. And then um, he's like, oh yeah, that totally looks like orbs. And we were enlarging the photos and he had a much better phone than I did at the time. And um, then, then, so then we started taking more pictures and I think he took a video and the orbs were like floating around. And we were talking about how most theaters are completely haunted, but then that that, that one was pretty new. And, um, you know, why would it be haunted? And then right then, John, was John the theater director then? I don't, yes, I don't, yes. Okay. So John was like, how do you guys like the theater? And we're like, oh my God, it's beautiful. Because it was like brand new or fairly new kind of state of the art. And then he said, you know that um, every seat in the theater is dedicated to somebody that, that died of AIDS. And he said there's a plaque on the back of each seat. And then, and then like, he got some call on a walkie-talkie and he had to go. And Ian and I started looking and every, every seat had someone's, like, birth date and death date and their name and all that stuff. And then all of a sudden, Ian just said into the air, well, you guys, I hope you like the show. 
Because <laughs> then we realized why all the orbs were there, you know? It was, yeah. that, that was insane. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like, um, I mean, theaters are generally always haunted. I think, you know, because it, it makes sense because, you know, it's like, that that sort of like where you would imagine people would be like I think that's where I would go because there's seats you know <laughs> it's a place where you know, like you're like oh well, I guess I would I would be here or like a hotel a hotel just seems like it would make sense hotels are always kind of things like I always feel like presence even if um because you were always the caretaker <laughs> yeah yeah like I always feel I always feel like I like a like Scatman Crothers in like the shiny no matter what like every time like I'm always kind of like I'm always that I always have like a Scatman Crothers feeling at a hotel or I always feel like when I'm anywhere especially if it's an old old hotel that there's some oh, yeah. presence there some feeling definitely yeah, I, I or usually even feel like here. Jack Nicholson if I stay in a hotel more than a few nights yeah, there's a sense of like a repetition and there's also a sense of like patterns of people like the movements of people like where they've been or like where they've like traveled to and even if it's like um if, you know just uh or things that I've done in the room like I can sort of feel like where I've moved in the room and just like reflections of myself or if I've stayed there before stuff yeah. I've done there before it's weird. If you stay in, in San Francisco if you've stayed in a hotel before, um, do you try to get the same room? Um, I have. I mean, it, it's. It, I don't try to, but it it isn't happening a lot. Especially like if like in comedy, they usually give like comics the same room just because that ends up happening. Like if you're working in a comedy club, they usually like book out the same rooms for comics. Oh yeah. Um, that's just sort of what happens. But it, it, it's kind of like uh, it, it it's. I just sort of reflexively um, sort of feel like it's the same sort of space in my mind. And um, I don't know, like I, I, I definitely feel a sense of comfort in that. Like I really, I like that. Like I like that sort of like, I, I don't know, the, the sameness of it. And it feels yeah. good to me. Like consistent. Yeah, the consistency and the familiarity and then the... um. But the, there's something about, um, you know, like a, when um, you sort of make peace with the idea that uh, ghosts don't have to be scary, that's a nice thing too. Like they're, um, I, I sort of started to sort of think about that. Like when you can kind of like make a feeling with the spirit world or make a kind of a, um, a treaty with the spirit world where this is actually like, I don't know if it kind of comes with being like over 50, but it's it's almost as a, a, a feeling of like, okay, well, I'm on the other side of this now. Like I have more gray hair than black hair. So I can sort of say, well, I'm actually probably more carbonized <laughs> or more oxidized than not. So I could probably say I'm more spirit than I am water. So I could probably say that I qualify more to your side than my side. So then let, let's say that like I'm closer to you than I am to the earth. So let's, let's make a treaty where you're not going to fuck with me or try to scare me now, I think. 
Yeah, I, I just talked to them. Is your house haunted? Your house must be haunted. So. I think so, but there's a calmness to it. Like, I don't get, like, weirded out. I used to get more scared, like, when I first lived here. When I very first moved in, like, um, in 1999, I was super terrified. And I think that, like, that sort of made me hang on to uh, relationships for longer than I should have, maybe you know, with the people that I was with and, you know, some of the relationships that I had. Of course, there's a lot of good times, but then there was a lot of bad times that I um, sort of let go a lot uh, because I just um, didn't want to be alone. And now living alone here, I'm really satisfied because I'm not afraid to be alone here, which is a different experience than, um, and I really had to come to terms with sort of thinking, I think it's because I'm sort of okay with the spirits here and okay with um, the presences that I feel all the time. And it's not just like people or, or spirits. It's like actually like animal ghosts and like weird sort of like wood sprites or whatever shit's going on. I don't even know. Yeah, because it's so sort of rural. Um, I mean, you live in the city, but it's very rural up where you live. Yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. I think that there's a couple of animal ghosts. It seems to be uh, there. I think there's also, um, uh, I feel like all of my uh, dead dogs are here too. Yeah. Like, um, the, uh, my big dead dogs, um, the little dead dog, uh, the, uh, so my, yeah, my three dogs and the dog that died the day that she moved out. Um, that lived here before I lived here. And then um, the original owner who uh, was here in 1928 when the house was built. So I think that she's here too. Um, but she's sort of a very quiet roommate. So I don't see her around much, but she's, she's somewhere around here. Was she just and, like a rich lady or did she have anything to do with like the movies or? I don't know, but it, I know that it, it was the, uh, so the house was built by um, somebody who was part of the Bell Labs, which I guess is like, so I, I don't really know, but they were, they had something to do with the uh, Bell Labs, but that, that's all I know. Um, there's no, there was no real history of the house, except that this was the first large house built in this area. And that, oh, wow. that the money seems to come from the Bell Labs, which that, that's the only information that I have. But it, it's a it's something that's hard to research. This is nothing really about it. But when they um, did the um, remodel, uh, when they uncovered all of the architecture, they found a, a very large. Um, I guess it was like a a, a five pointed star in the uh, attic. So really? it, it's it's kind of like, yeah, so it's sort of, they found some sacred geometry that, that was sort of like this thing of like very surprising. I guess was it a like lot of the beams? Was it like the beams of the house? Beams. Yeah. Wow. Beams. So it's right, it's right above me up here. So it's a very interesting sort of thing that's up there. Um, but I think that that's probably up in like a lot of old houses that, you know, they just have this like sacred geometry that is kind of just hidden in places. But uh, I really appreciate that. I think that's a really great thing. Um, but yeah, it's something that, 
really stayed with me. There's there's just an odd oddity, but there's something that really roots me to this house and this property, and I'm really grateful that I am here now. Um, and I plan to stay here for the rest of my life. You know, I don't I don't really feel like there's any reason to leave or you know move anywhere. I'm really glad that I'm I'm stuck on it. <laughs> and then you can haunt it for the next person. Yes. That's what I think that's, that's the appropriate thing to do, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you remember like the, the first time that we were, um, we were traveling down to San Diego because I was opening mm-hmm. a show for you down there and we spent like the whole drive and rush hour there and then back talking about like um, UFOs and EVPs and stuff like that. Mhm. Mhm. Yes. And um Unarius and um cuz when you when you when you drive down you've got to talk about Unarius. That you know the drive down to San Diego is always going to be filled with thoughts of um Heaven's Gate. Whenever you drive yeah. down to San Diego, you've got to think about Heaven's Gate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in in our containers. Yeah. <laughs> We were talking about, wait, that was Heaven's Gate, right? The containers, wasn't that? Yeah, and um, in the, and, uh, the um, Nikes and applesauce with um, all of that. Uh, oh, what is the drug that they did? It's oh, I can't so, remember. It, it, it's a barbiturate. They, um, they drugged themselves so that they could get, in, so they could get behind um, the hail box. Comments. oh yeah yeah oh my god i forgot about all of that yeah so they could all commit suicide so they could get in behind the hail comet so that the harmonic convergence it was all had to do with the harmonic convergence and uh so they could get in it was like sort of all combined with star trek it's a very like intense mythology because <laughs> they were trying to like verge their um androgynous bodies i mean it was like they, they had to sort of not only desexed themselves, you know, and that they were like trying to um, hermaphrodize their bodies, something like that, and um, kind of uh, go into this uh, phase of like becoming one with Marshall Applewhite or T and Toe or D and Doe, and um, it's very intense. But uh, it's also it's kind of connected with Unarius too. I don't know why. It's all very San Diego. That is very San Diego, but you know what else too? You live like you're, I mean, going back to your house for a second, you live right near um, Devil's Gate and where all the Jack Parsons, JPL sex magic with Aleister Crowley was going on. You know that, right? That, I mean. Oh, um, well, I know that JPL is right by here. What is that? What is, what is, uh, what is Devil's okay. Gate? Okay. It, it's the, um. It's like it's like sort of like a weird portal near where where you live. It, like mm-hmm. it's it's up like in the hills of Pasadena. It's right near JPL, and um, a lot of children disappeared there. Like over the years, I think starting in the maybe even before the forties or the fifties. But it's it's mm-hmm. super haunted. And then JPL um, Labs, which is still there. There was there was a book called Sex and Rockets out on Feral House Press, 
a long mm-hmm. time ago, and it was all about um, Jack Parsons doing um, sex magic there with people like Alistair Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard. Oh my God! I, don't I even, know. I Wait, sex. Let me look at this. Sex and rockets. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> as Margaret Margaret stalls from the interview so she can I know so she can order the book on Amazon. <laughs> I thought I had every every uh I think oh by the way I think Adam Parfrey was assassinated but <laughs> Oh I I know huh I I really think that Adam Parfrey was assassinated. I think that he was like um you know uh disseminating um dangerous information and he was probably assassinated i agree it's adam like Parfrey is the was the publisher of feral house that published this book and many other amazing subversive books okay well wait really, are, are you drinking red bull or beer what was that red bull, <laughs> red bull. <laughs> no it just looked, it looked like beer <laughs> yeah, it looked no. like a, yeah i'm just a downing a course oh, no, <laughs> um my, it's my beer. It's my t- uh, taurine beer. Um, but it's like, uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't believe that he was dead. Like I was actually, um, cause I just got, um, a, a bunch of, uh, these other, like, uh, I, I was looking at all of these crazy, um, Jim Goad books. Cause I was like talking. Oh to yeah. And, um, he, he's, he's amazed. Like he's like, uh, hey, all what was these, like, Jim Goad's magazine called Answer Me? So I have all these like big like um, compendiums of Answer Me. They the magazine was like they would do like four issues and they would bind them. And that so was it was like, what, what what that was a really subversive and aggro and political and artistic magazine. Like was that in the eighties? I don't even remember. It was like in the late eighties, early nineties that he did with his uh, wife, who nice. died, Debbie. Yeah. yeah. And they, um, it was like, it was zines and they would yeah. like, um, they bound them. And so there was, there's a bunch of issues. And then it was around the same time as, um, Ben is dead, but it was like, it was a little bit before Ben is dead. And then it was like, um, so they would bound them and then they had, um, then he had a bunch of Feral House books, but I think Feral House put out Answer Me. Yeah, I think and then they did he too. Had a bunch, yeah. Ah. He had a bunch of other Fair House books, <laughs> but then Fair House is still Fair House is still kind of going though, right? Is it? I think it is. But right, right before Adam Parfrey died on Facebook, this is so weird. He he put a picture of I married a witch with um Veronica Lake on there because they had just put out mm-hmm. like the like a commemorative DVD, and I and I I had known him or had known him for years, but I hadn't talked to him in like over a decade. And this was like, I just said, oh, you're gonna, you're gonna send this to me when you're done, right? And I mean, that was the first contact I'd had with him with, for ages. And he DM'd me and he said, yeah, give me your address. And then it came in the mail four days later. Oh, wow. I oh, know, wow. that was crazy. That is so crazy. I, you know what, I should like really like look at this whole variety. It's so weird that you're talking about Veronica Lake because uh, last night um, uh, my friend was like talking about Veronica Lake too. And I haven't thought about Veronica Lake for 40 years, like 40 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I, it's so weird that like, 
she is talking about her last night and then you were mentioning her, but I didn't know that she um, had uh, become a heroin addict. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, that she had um, uh, sort of like, she had been, been this very big, big star and then, then like totally become a heroin addict. And then I had no heard. idea. Isn't that crazy? I was like, I didn't know that. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I, was, I need to read about that today. Yeah, yeah me too. So weird. That's, I had no idea about that. So we have to do our research about that and then uh, the uh, uh, <laughs> devil, what is it? The devil's gate. Devil's gate and, and um, all the sex magic with L. Ron Hubbard and Jack Parsons. And I think also Aldous Huxley was involved. I mean, there was like a whole insane conglomeration of that stuff. Going uh, on. Does that have anything to do with Ted Michaels? No, 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 Ted V. Michaels. Because you know, the, I think that Ted V. Michaels Ranch is behind this house. Wait, who's Ted V. Michaels? How do I not know this? Ted V. Michaels. He had um, Spar Ranch, which is uh, he made those movies with um, Tura Satana. Um, oh, 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 oh. Wait, but I, as soon as you said Spar Ranch, I immediately thought of Spawn Ranch. Yeah, <laughs> everything. Like, any good ranch begins with S P A. Apparently. Yeah, I know. But it's um no he had like do the movie making ranch. It's like um he made a bunch of like those B movies with uh, Tura Satana, and it's it it I think it's we almost share the same property. It's it's like the property line butts up against um like the my gate or the, my fence is up against his fence behind That's my crazy. fence. That's crazy. That's really yeah. crazy. Yeah. So I think that his, I mean, he's gone, of course. He, he died a long time ago, but it, it's right there. Because um, I think that's what, what, what the, their, that property is. And then I always like try to figure out where Lux and Ivy are too in relation to this house. Because that's supposedly where they're supposed to be around here. Or they were. I think, I think Ivy is still there. I haven't... Um... I, I have never been to their house either. Though the, the last time I was at their house, it was in New York in like 1978 in their apartment. Mm -hmm. that they had. Yeah, yeah. So, what are you? Are you listening to any good music lately? Is there anything going on music-wise that that you know about or that I should know about? Because I'm just still anything that I seem to hear new is horrifying. Oh, well, I am crazy about Megan the Stallion. She is really oh. beautiful. <laughs> no, I love She's that name. Family. I have to, I have to like, um, I, I see, I've actually gone OCD on that name. You know how like, you know how I just repeat yeah. stuff? <laughs> it's the, the Stallion. stallion. Um, uh, it's so cute and beautiful and like, is two E's and it's just like I love that Stallion is male but she's female and it's just um she's just her songs are so good like it's just um and she's really so smart you know she's just like I, I find her music really energizing and really beautiful and I'm I'm just really um, impressed with it, you know. I I'm uh, I, I'm just a huge huge fan of it. I love her. Um, 
I really love uh, Beach Bunny. I think you would like Beach Bunny. It's really good pop and um, really, these like girls, they're like so cute. They're in their early 20s, a Claro, C-L-A-I-R-O, Claro. They're, these girls like, they're, they're like in their early 20s and they have these bands and they're so cute. Claro, Soccer Mommy, and Beach Bunny are my favorite. <laughs> are they from here or is it like k-pop or what what is no it? uh claro i think is um beach bunny oh claro is i'm not sure where she's from beach bunny i think is um east coast uh soccer mommy is nashville they're all girls that could be like our daughters they're all like in there their moms are like younger than me uh -huh. you know, their moms are like probably in their 40s you know wow, and that's, they're that's like so crazy it's so crazy but their uh songs they they just kill me like their songs are just so beautiful and i um yeah that i i really oh and mitski mitski is really good but yeah like i'm like loving these like um it's kind of like post emo and they're these young girls and they sort of dress like they're in their in the 90s because they think so they wear sort of like their mom's old clothes uh -huh. and and they they sort of i'm like oh my god it's like they're acting like they're doing this like cute sort of like 90s pretend like we did when we wore our mom's clothes and pretended like we were living in the 60s or the 50s. 50s, yeah. Like I would wear my mom's clothes and pretend I was in the 50s. In yeah. The 80s. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or yeah, all of that. I love that. It that now I know how weirded out our moms felt though. Like when you see yeah. young people doing that or I mean it's kind of like when you see forever 21 or something like trying to revive some fad but they get the they get the parts of the fad that they decided to design they did the wrong part of the fad yeah and you're like horrified like the great like giant like wide pants and it's just like oh my god that's horrifying it's so yeah. gross <laughs> but it's really uh, it's also really beautiful too like you're like that's actually really great and I, I, I don't know, like, I really appreciate it as well. Like, I, I think there's something about it that is just so disgusting, but it's really sweet. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, this, I really get this. Like, I really get it. Like, I, I love it and I, I hate it at the same time. But it sounds uh, yeah. like anybody we yeah. have a crush on. So disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like, um, and also, but yeah, I've had um, some sex with some really young people, like in their early twenties as an older person now. Yeah. And, and they're like dressed like that. And it's like a time machine. It's weird. Wow. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> it's like being a time machine. And I'm like, this is super disgusting and weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what, did I, what am I doing? And it's like, so crazy and it's just you know, like me and my weird old body with this like young person and it's just like it, it, it they're in like they're doing like some kind of weird costume party thing and I'm I'm like actually like real and it's so funny but it's 
it's really it's it's like the puka shell necklace is the one thing i remember no! this one one guy he was this was a long long time this was actually like 25 years ago this guy was so cute but he had the ugliest like guy fieri bowling shirt and puka <laughs> shell necklace really super tight and i just wanted to strangle him with it it was so ugly but he was so cute but it was like a like a flammable like guy fieri like yeah. shirt that was like rubbing up, up against, it was like really polyester and it was like bowling shirt but like rubbing up against them it was just so like you know and then it opened up to reveal a bunch of like tribal tattoos and it was just like <laughs> so horrifying it was like sex on the jersey shore <laughs> yeah just so like gross like if the whole thing would have just like gone up in flames it was so like flammable but it was so cute <laughs> so disgusting uh, I when I first came to California, well, not when I first came to California, but um, this was later. This was in the I came to California in 1975, but uh, after after punk rock and crawling into the early 80s, um, I kind of like skate culture really came on my uh, radar, and mm -hmm. um, I started. I started dating so many surfers and skaters because they were all coming to Hollywood for punk rock. Um, that at, at one point, like um, a girlfriend of mine said, um, why don't you put an ad in Thrasher that says ride team pleasant, all the pros do, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, but um, one time I was having sex with a really famous skateboarder and um, a pile of surfboards fell on top of us. And he was like horrified. He was so, I mean, this is, I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head from puka shells. He was absolutely horrified. He was apologizing. And meanwhile, I was sitting there with like bruises from like 90 surfboards falling on me, just thinking this fucking rules this is the most california thing that's ever happened to me in my entire life oh that's so great that's so cool that's very cool i love it oh <laughs> that reminds me of when the puppets fell on you wasn't that when wasn't that right remember when oh yeah it was a ventriloquist that's so scary was, i keep thinking about that that's like really terrifying when the puppet fell on you it was well. It was, it was sitting on the back of my. It was, it was sitting on the back of my couch, like a vintage ventriloquist dummy in a nice little suit, and uh, uh -huh. I was having sex on the couch, and it fell down. But I didn't notice that part of it. But all of a sudden, I started hearing this, like this crazy noise, like this that wasn't coming from my body. It was like this uh -huh. weird clattering. And I uh -huh. opened my eyes and the dummy's head was right there up against my face. And its jaw were, like sort of came out on the little strings. And it, so its lower jaw was clattering into the top part of its head. <laughs> God, that is so scary. That's really scary. That's like that, that's like that, that's like that, that, that movie Magic. It was exactly like that movie Magic. That was, I, that was, that would be like if anyone ever made a porn of Magic. <laughs> Scary. That's really magic. That's black magic. That's terrible magic. <laughs> yeah, that's that's like purgatory magic, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like really scary. That's like really. I mean, it. The, I'm the, a stronger the, person for it. 
because it, it's very like I mean that's real like puppet terror that's like your magazine <laughs> that magazine was really influential and really important because it's like the puppet terror I actually um did uh I watched a, a YouTube video about the revisiting the movie dolls oh, because yeah. It's the about the sophistication of the animation and how um, they animated the dolls' faces and how deeply scary that movie is. And it really is. It really is terrifying. You have so many. You have a bunch of dolls and stuff. I think there's like a um, like a gene pool where some people have some people have a real affinity for like mannequins and creepy dolls and weird old baby dolls. And then there's some people that totally don't understand it. I mean, I was actually talking about that the other day because there's the people that don't like that stuff are so horrified by it. But then there's people that, I mean, somehow it also got to be like burning man adjacent somehow, but there's, I really think that's like part of people's genetic makeup. And I don't know if it has anything to do with some kind of a weird like haunting or like like ancestors who made puppets or voodoo dolls or something. I mean, there's some what do you do you, have you ever thought about any of that? Like why you're attracted to that kind of stuff? Um, I do love you know what I love is the um you know what I don't know what it's a thing what they're called, but like you know when there's like on a ship there's the the thing that they put the woman in the front of your head the figurehead so yeah. yeah i have a couple of those and i love that and i love that that uh when there there's that thing and then um so i have a, a couple of those and i love like statuary i love goddess uh, imagery um and then like uh i have a bunch of um statues of people having sex so i love like uh and like buddha like kwan yin's of the con conjugal like sexual sort of like statuary and kama sutra statuary and then i love dolls like kind of being like i love like this sort of shamanistic power of like figures and yeah so i i definitely have like a doll thing like doll mannequin wax figure thing like i love like Barbies and shit like anything like that like to me is really it's full of life and play and it's definitely like creepy and definitely like weird but it's also really friendly like it's not um I don't know it, it's it's certainly something that is i could see people getting freaked out by it and i could see people it's weird, being like, That's weird. Said, it's weird that you said friendly because like my co my code word just like a handkerchief code for <laughs> for anybody that that likes dolls or when you have a bunch of like weird dolls or or old dirty stuffed toys together as i always call them friends like i call them friends <laughs> not, not like they Jennifer are they're Aniston. friends <laughs> yeah they're friends they're they're like really friends they they really are like I love their special friends and I mean I think it's um you know to me it's really comforting and uh but I don't have a lot of like um 
I guess the the kind of dolls like uh well I don't have a lot of like the life size dolls like that but like a lot of the big 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 dolls are gone yeah those, I don't those, those were owls yeah most of the big mannequins are gone I like, That's I like mannequins I don't I don't have them but I have them in my yard and there's also yeah. there's like bottom half of a female mannequin with an antique prosthetic prosthetic leg on it because she only came with one leg oh yeah I love the mannequins. Those are, those are great. I mean, those are, those are really beautiful. And a lot of those are, um, Al's. So those are gone. I think, yeah, he's got those. Those He's got a really good one. He's got a couple of really great, um, old, like real wax ones from like real like wax museums. Yeah. So those are really, really cool. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, those are very, very rare and, uh, he's very, he's very good with that kind of stuff, but he had made, um, one with uh, an old plastic sort of skeleton and then he covered it in pantyhose and buried it in the ground so all the acid from the soil had rotted the pantyhose and made it look like human flesh so he did a lot of stuff with like pantyhose that made it sort of look like sort of skin and like flesh it's like really crazy really creative that's so weird that's like that's almost like those um that exhibit that goes around of the people that were the dead bodies that they inject all the the oh yeah plastination yeah plastination that that von Hagen's dead what it's his name is Gunther von Hagen's and he's the German artist that uh he patented that? that yeah he patented that um technique to plastinate he injects uh bodies with uh, cadavers with um this plastic substance that um it 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 sort of like treats the tissue with plastic and it turns it into a kind of a a kind of a different fiber so it makes it like all plastic and it just preserves it forever so it's pretty amazing but it's very difficult to get like you can donate your body, but it's very difficult because they uh, will only take certain people. Like if they need that particular type of body to display, because it's basically not science anymore. It's art right. slash science. So if they're going to do it, it's like we'll use this for display if we need this for uh, display. You know. Right. Yeah, I saw that exhibit once, and someone like they have the donation forms at the end and I can't remember who I I was with but they were like you couldn't do that because no matter what they injected into you all the glitter that's in your organs and system right now would fuck it up yeah it's very hard to get um into the uh like you can you can definitely donate but it's like only if you die of like a really crazy disease or if you just match whatever like they had like one display that was like women who had fetuses that were like in a certain point of gestation. And so they had like every month. So if it was like matched a month, then you'd like, go, oh, well, this month we had this, That's you know. crazy. Yeah. Like this month is like this way, <laughs> this month is this way. So every month had a different like model. So it was like kind of a perfect sort of like, each month model so they they had like specific like things of like what they need to match for criteria of who gets to fit you know 
it's it's like a, it's really amazing but they had like other ones where you know they have like athletes and my favorite Fantastic. one is uh, or the four horsemen of the apocalypse they had like the guy that's like on a horse like, no skin is like amazing which is like so they have the horse without the skin and then the guy it's like so incredible so that's yeah i i love that exhibit yeah that's wild it's really I really good are you um are you doing any kind of magical stuff lately? I think so. Stuff? I think so. I think it's like really I mean it's a constant, you know? It's like a constant like you know, you grow and you continue. Like I feel like your witch life really get stronger and bolder and bigger as we grow older. And especially in this quarantine, it's like all we have. Yeah. You know, and it's, it's really important. Like this, um, this time has like kind of been a time where we can have that, you know, and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that. If anything, that's the one place where I can't, it's like, I really reject this idea of like being productive because it's a very sort of a male ideal. It's like, I'm going to be productive. Like, I'm not, I'm not about that. Like, I don't care. I'm using this time to focus on whatever that is, that is like, um, healing and, um, growing whatever that witch is, whatever that witch means, you know? That's what I'm trying to do too. I, I sort of, I was so, I mean, you were so, so productive all the time. And I was so productive, especially in the past year. I was so productive that I was only getting four hours of sleep. And the minute we went into quarantine, I was like, fuck it. And within two days, not even intentionally, I just reverted to my normal, natural, nocturnal life pattern of like going to sleep between 4.30 and 5.30 and then just waking up at 1 p.m. or whatever. But um, <clears throat> I keep thinking of quarantine as a liminal space. Mm -hmm. It's just it's like good. A, yeah. It's good to be that way because it's like you're so productive that you've already lived about seven or eight lifetimes. I mean, it's really, it's kind of um, unbelievable already. So it's good to sort of take a pause and, and sort of just see what the next incarnation is because you sort of want to just sort of like take stock because you do you do have so many things like we both do we both have sort of like this thing of like that that that's the sort of the curse of the polymath <laughs> yeah it's like what do we, we have to sort of look back and go wait 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 we have to take that sort of like heady lamar thing we both have like a heady lamar thing <laughs> we go, like, like hold up hold up hold up like let's just like take it down a second <laughs> eddie lamar and veronica lake <laughs> yeah it's like they wind up in that veronica lake space of like going crazy and like going off the rails if we don't you know or we or we could it's maybe it's a two-path thing of like you either go a heroin addict or invent cell phones or invent the internet <laughs> like it's like you know maybe it's that sort of thing of what is the better path to do or you know maybe it's like um 
the better thing is to just allow the space to happen. I think it's like I do get into a thing of like uh, too productive or needing to be too productive or being productive out of guilt somehow. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to do that. Like, Do you miss performing though? Yeah. Like for live, I do too. Yeah, a lot. And I, I really miss it. And it, I, I realize how much of an extrovert I actually am. And it really makes me sad because it's like, I also complained about it so much, you know, and I, I, I vow not to uh, complain about it as, and whine about it as much as I do, because I really do treasure it. And I, I, I really just um, am not, as grateful for it as I should be so that's what's what's sort of like all of this um quarantine has made me realize is that my uh, gratitude is really uh not non-existent when it comes to my work because I really do love it and I just miss it so much I miss it too I I um I never thought of you as having no gratitude I mean, that might have just been your own personal thing, but honestly, when when we were touring, you were like the most, um, like seriously, the most grounded on the road person I've ever seen, well, you know? And I mean, I, maybe you covered up some stuff that you were going through or something, but you were just so circumspect and so calm and so zen that I loved being around you, not just because you're so fun to be around, but it was like, it was like almost like meditation. If I was having a stressed out moment of something, I could just sit near you. And I remember how you'd always be holding your phone up and just like texting really in a, a certain position. And it felt like, like that felt like a statue or something to me. I just felt like I was near like some kind of a calming deity. I'm not kidding. <laughs> That's good. Oh, thank you. I'm so glad. That's good. Um, yeah, but yeah, I miss I miss performing. When do you think quarantine and all this stuff is going to end? Do you have any? Did you get any like psychic flashes on that or anything? I feel like uh, we'll get to a place of being more fluid. In um, I think probably the fall. At least we'll be more mobile, and then I think maybe um i don't think we'll be more normal for at least a year yeah i know it's so weird to to think of that i I have panic attacks like i'm thinking like i'm i'm already like well i'm i'm still technically i guess middle-aged but i can go into the supermarkets at the um you know at the senior citizen time (laughs) oh yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah, but so I keep thinking like, why? Why am I like rotting away in quarantine when I should be having like sex before it becomes like rest? You know, like old folks' home sex. But it's it. I mean, it's like uh, there is no. I mean, I don't know. I feel like we don't have to worry about aging because we're not. We're not in the same category as that because we're kind of immune to a lot of those standards when it comes to like the timing of things because we really did opt out in terms of like timing for so many things in terms of like the way that like 
women live their lives in general. Oh yeah. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't say like, I was sort of thinking about that. Like, Oh, should we like, should we be like making sure, like for me, I'm like, should I be fucking as much as possible right now before? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's what I, (laughs) I don't think that that's the case because it, it, it's not like that. It's not, for me, it's not like that. I don't think it's for, for us. It's not going to be like that. Okay, good. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not because it, it it's just like, we don't run on the same timetables as others. It's, it's not the same. It's not the same. Okay. So now you're making me feel all happy and Zen and calm again. <laughs> it's really important to embrace that. And I like I really do think about it. And I, I was watching actually Harold and Maude. And I know that like, <laughs> she's 80 in that. And it's kind of a ridiculous story, but she's super hot. And it's like, I wouldn't mind. I'm like, hey, you know what? There's a lot of fucking time. And he's really in love with her. And, <laughs> you know, he's really mad when she dies. <laughs> Wait, Corey Parks told me about, I mean, this is a moot point now because of quarantine, but Corey Parks told me about some website where there's people that are like, want to hook up with cougars, but cougars doesn't even mean just someone in their 30s. I mean, it, it, it can go into like full on like Harold and Maude town. So I, I, I feel like I really need to investigate that. Oh God. Oh God. <laughs> They're so hot. The thing is, is that the young people are so hot for any, uh, yeah. But the thing about it is that it's just, it's also about who you're attracted to. I'm not that attracted to younger people. I mean, I, I it takes I'm attracted a lot to them to, visually. I'm attracted to them visually, but it's also like, it's kind of a lot of work too, because they can be really annoying. Like it, it, you know, it's, I love, um, it takes a lot for me to be attracted to somebody. And a a lot of that has to do with um, experience and common ground. Common ground. Yeah, there's so much that it's age has to do with it. And, um, you know, you don't get that often um, in a young person. No, not at all. There's so much that shared years on the planet have to do with uh, hooking up. Like, there's just something about it. I I really think um, as I as I kind of get more of an understanding about sex, it's like really like I I, I do think that it's it's just better with with people older. Yeah, and I, I yeah, but, but yeah, even I the mean, older. I, I, Wait, go ahead. What were you gonna say? No, I I think it's like I I hooked up with somebody that was um twenty seven, so that's mm-hmm. like half my age, half my age, and it's like, I mean, so beautiful, but <laughs> <laughs> the oldest person that I've ever had sex with is still like four years younger than me. <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. But um, and the, I I I said that to to him, and then um, this was before we had sex. I said that to him, and then um, he said, I said, "You're gonna be the if we ever fuck, you're gonna be the oldest person I ever fuck." And then he said right back to me, "Yeah, well, same with you, but it's okay because you're grandfathered in." <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cute. I know. Oh, it's so cute. But it's like, you know, it, it's sort of like the younger, the younger they are, the more um, they want to have something to prove. So maybe it's like, sometimes they're just born to fuck. Some people are really great, you know, it just depends. Yeah. It's, 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 it's wonderful to explore it and they're down for it. Have, have you ever... Um had sex with like someone that was like a fangirl or fanboy hard of you or do you avoid yeah, yeah. that yeah really? yeah definitely How, yeah it's fun. like a lot it's different um yeah 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 it's different way different and it's i haven't like, tried that yeah it's fun it's different it's like it's just <laughs> another experience it's like another kind of like um yeah it's different it's it's definitely like um it, it it sometimes it's it feels a little bit like uh you're kind of you have to sort of get them past this thing of like um that they can't believe it <laughs> yeah and that it's not then it's like the, then it, it's not uh, a weird thing and that it, it then you sort of get get them past something and then but then it's good it's it's good it's different it's nice that would be like if me or you fuck david bowie Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Somebody like that, it would be very, um, I mean, it would be hard. Like you have to let go of so many sort of expectations about what, you know, because you sort of have gone through it in your mind about what this would be like and, you know, or you're, you're so reserved because you can't really let go because you're so scared. You know? Yeah. And so that, that kind of a thing. Um, so yeah, that, that sort of like, um, it would be like that for them that's what i meant yeah 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 that's so weird yeah so that's good i mean i think yeah but it's good to explore and that's that's why i think it's a good time to just be having sex now it's just weird to do anything with somebody new because of the quarantine yeah i mean yeah like have you noticed well i don't know if you've noticed this like i don't know how much you're on instagram or social media dms but the biggest new pickup line it's not even new now it's because it's been going on for weeks is instead of someone saying you're pretty or just hey you know like those those kind of dm things now it's always like because this is a great excuse but i'm also sure that they're sincere because everybody is is but I identified it as a pickup line. Um, hey, how are you holding up? You know, <laughs> that's. <laughs> a- <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is. A- everything's a pickup line, I think. Now, you mean in quarantine? So- <laughs> yeah, every- everybody's so thirsty. Yeah, that's true. But I mean, I but I mean, really that's like one that like can be a- that's in an ambiguous pickup line where it doesn't seem like someone's being aggressive, like. Right. It's like it presents well. It's kind of caring enough that yeah. it's not, it, you know, it's not trying to be anything. 
And it's not weird that it's coming in at like 3.35 a.m. either. Because everyone, you know what I mean? Like yeah. any kind of social mores, as far as time goes, have just flown out the fucking window. That's right. It's so funny. It's so funny. Okay, so I think I have to ask you one more question, unless there's anything else that you want to talk about. Like, okay, um, surgical masks and mask fetish. Hot? Yes, no. Hot, super hot. Hot, hot, hot. I, I knew it. we'd be on the same page. Super hot. I love it. It's super sexy. What? It's super sexy for sure. Yes. How many people do you think are discovering their mask fetishes now? I don't know, but I'm totally mask for mask. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Look, wait, I have... Are you no one on the no one on the podcast can see this, but look at this fucking gangster mask with the dollars all over it. I love it. That's so good. Augusta so made it. Penny Star Jr. That's really good. Oh, that's so cute. That's really good. And it's so it's so ironic because money is so dirty. <laughs> money is so filthy. And you know what else? Speaking about money and masks, like how about the fact that you could just walk into a bank if you wanted to with your face completely covered and nobody says a goddamn thing? I know. It's so good. I love it. <laughs> or I got, I got carded the other day because um, I went to Walgreens to buy sponges and, and pick up medicine and stuff. And I had to, um, like, I saw that there was champagne on, on sale. So I just was going to grab some like cheap ass champagne because hashtag, you know, lockdown. Um, and so I'm sitting there in, in cat eye sunglasses and a surgical mask. And the lady behind the, you know, the plexiglass partition goes, can I see your ID please? So I was like, like that. And I was like fumbling through my um, purse trying to find my ID. And then I said, oh, I don't have it. I'll go and put the champagne back. And um, she said, no, that's a lockdown essential. And then she's like, what year were you born? And I said, 1959. And she immediately just started bringing me up. She didn't even say take off your glasses or take off the mask. Like I could have said, you know, I was born in 2000 or something, you know. And uh -huh. she was just horrified that I was going to leave without like, something to get Aww. me through lockdown. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. Yeah, it was really yeah. good. It's so good. Uh, well, I can't wait till I get to see you in real life again. I know, I miss you. Maybe we should try to have us, maybe I'll come over and we can have a social distance walk or something. I would love that. That'd be really good. Okay. I love you. I love you. This is really mm -hmm. fun. It was really good. Mwah! Thank you. Thank you. Well, that was just a teeny tiny little snippet of Margaret Cho. Isn't she the damn bomb? 
You can find her all over the internet. Her website's margaretcho.com. Twitter's Margaret Cho. On Instagram, she's Margaret underscore Cho. And she's got a podcast called The Margaret Cho on Apple every Tuesday. So go hunt her down and stay spooky, y'all. Bye. I'm that bitch. Been that bitch, still that bitch. Will forever be that bitch. Forever be that bitch. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm the hood Mona Lisa. Break a nigga into pieces. Had to ex some cheesy niggas out my circle like a pizza. Yeah. I'm way too exclusive. I don't shop on Insta boutiques. All them little ass clothes only fit fake booties. Bad bitch, still talking cash shit. Pussy like water. I'm a mother and relaxing. I would never trip on a nigga if I had him. Bitch, that's my trash. You the maid, so you bagged him. I'm a savage. The Devil's Music is written and hosted by Pleasant Gaiman. Produced by Aaron Alden. All sound design by Jerry Danielson of Busy Signal Studios. And of course, is part of the Pantheon Podcast Network. Find all of our shows at PantheonPodcasts.com. Our social presence is at Pantheon Podcasts on Facebook and Instagram. Tweet us at Pantheon Pods. All songs can be found wherever you get great music. Please pick up these important and fantastic tracks. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.